Welcome to Grow Up, the audio show gracing your ears, hosted by me, Taylor, and me, Jacqueline. Now that we're grown, we reflect on growing up, glowing up, and look at different industries, ideas, and people that need to grow the F up. We're talking back and looking forward with hope to a future that feels more like honey, led by people with a lot more heart. We serve up our pop culture analysis, real-life talks, and future forecasts, making predictions based on trends, sometimes data, and always our intuition. We def research our shit before looking into the crystal ball. So buckle up, and thanks for being here. I'm wearing my contacts, and I want to so it's like better for the glare, but they are uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't do contacts because I can't touch my eyes. I'll freak out. You'll freak out touching your eyes? Yes. You know when that was a thing and everyone was like flipping their eyelids? Yeah, I didn't like that. (laughs) No. (laughs) That was upsetting. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. But I wanted to talk. I'm excited that we're like recording an episode today and I think this is going to be a fun one. I like your idea. Fun and a little serious. I know. I did cry. Me too. I cried too. Okay, we'll get to it in a minute. That was a tease, but I want to hear about your weekend because Zero Proof had an event on Friday. Yes, so if you're in the audience and you don't know, I started a business. It's a sober bar, pop-up bar called Zero Proof, and I had my, well, it was my second event on Friday, my biggest. I was kind of nervous because it was like my first event, people were showing up for me, this event was like mm. people were going to see me that have never seen me before that were showing up for New the audience. Event. Yeah. You know, and there are some people like there's definitely reactions where like you see the disappointment when they realize I don't have alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also the other end where people are like so excited when they find me mm-hmm. and it makes me feel so happy inside. But it was so great. I was like selling consistently the whole night. It was a three hour event. It's a first Friday style event. So it was like a whole bunch of artists set up and then me serving some drinks. Fun. Was it outside? Yeah. It was cold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it worked out. I had like a giant wall next to me. So the wind wasn't bad and it was cool. I made this like card display thing. How I view it is like I'm creating an experience more than Mm -hmm. just serving non-alcoholic drinks. So I wanted like something interactive. So I made this card display and wrote a little something something about collectively manifesting things. And it was so fun to watch. It was so popular. So many people were coming up. Cool reading it and then writing down their wish and it was so cute to watch it was like standing at the bar like some people closed their eyes and thought Uh. we're just really thoughtful of what they wrote down and it was so cute I just all around made me so happy so so anybody listening to this if you're in Sacramento or you know people in Sacramento keep an eye out for zero proof at cool events because that sounds fun and it's cool because like you said it's a bar but it's a pop-up bar but it's a pop-up experience my old restaurant I feel like I really drank the Kool-Aid for a while but one time I remember our owner walked in and she had this like big speech that was like you know people make decisions here like best friends reconnect here like people decide they're gonna get married here first dates happen here this is a place where people can come together and I really really bought into that but I think it's the same thing for you and for zero proof people will now have like a little memory that's tied to you. Yeah, it was cute. One girl was like, oh, I'll buy you guys' drinks. She was like, I haven't been able to say that in a while to like buy around uh. <laughs> for her friends. Yeah. So it was cute. cute. And then yesterday, oh my God, I went to this pop-up art show, but it was all light 
and like electronic related. So it was in this oh. room that they told this place that they totally darkened out. But I went at night. I went after dinner and it was like 9 p.m. when we got there. They had a DJ playing and then all these different art installments. But the best one, it was so fucking cool. It was with an Xbox Connect. And so obviously like picks up your motion of your body and stuff. And then the display, what was on the wall, projecting on the wall, was this light, like a light matrix looking thing. But it would pick up the movement of your body and the light would mimic how you were moving. Oh, cool. And I was literally dancing for about an hour in front of it. (laughs) But most people would just come up, like wave their arms a few times and they were over it. But for me, I was like making it go with the music. People applauded me a few times. You're giving a performance. They're like, keep going. You're doing so good. Oh my God. I was like, that's so okay, good. Okay, yes. And meanwhile, Justin's just standing there like holding my jacket. I was going to say. A couple of people danced with me, so it was really yeah. fun. But Yeah, you had a little group, I'm sure. Yeah, honestly, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was just, you know how you you can look into a fire and you can just, like, get lost in it and memorized by the flames? That was literally what this thing was doing. Like, I feel like I was being hypnotized by it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I did have a moment recently where we had made a fire and we were hanging out with friends and somebody came and sat next to me and I was like, damn, I was really hoping to just kind of get lost in this flame right now. Like, I don't know if I'm really up for being social. I just wanted to stare into the fire. So I definitely can understand and relate. Yeah, it was fun. We ran into some friends, too, that I haven't seen since the pandemic. And it was, like, one of the best nights. Well, like, I haven't been out, you know, in a while at night. Yeah. And then we went to, like, a speakeasy that was next door. So it was cute. Fun. I went to a music festival this weekend. And I kind of had a similar experience to where I haven't been out in big crowds before. I haven't really been out at night. I haven't been out dancing in, like, a really long time. So to do it and to be, like, back in Phoenix, we, like, moved into our house a year ago. And so it felt like a very, like, full circle moment in a way. I'm out. I'm in my city. I'm with my friends. I'm having fun. And it was really fun. But being out in crowds, I definitely had some weird interactions and some like weird (laughs) stories and just being around people who are in their own festival experience was uh, very entertaining. Yeah, you get quite the range at festivals. Our Lyft driver on the way there, she was like, yeah, you guys are big ravers, like you're going to the rave. And I was like, I don't really think of this as a rave. (laughs) But I was like, I get how you could see it that way. But if anybody else asks, I didn't go to a rave. (laughs) I saw Leon Bridges, which was really, really awesome. And so good. Yeah, it felt like a really nice moment. It was cold last night. Earlier in the week, it was near 90 degrees. And I was so sad that we had like lost our nice temperature. But we were all outside freezing cold, huddled together, listening. I mean, huddled together makes me nervous in like COVID times. But um. Mm -hmm. Listening to Leon Bridges outside, and it was very nice. He's literally, like, on all my playlists because yeah, his music is just so good. It fits all the vibes, too. I agree. It was fun to, like, dance and sway and then put my flashlight on and wave my arms back and forth. Was that the best performance? I really liked Kate Renata, too. Should we get into <laughs> our episode? Yeah. This is, like we said, we cried separately <laughs> today. We're talking about Cleo Abrams, who is a reporter who used to work for Vox. And I think this video came out three months ago she released this. Yeah, pretty recently. And she did a deep dive into trying to answer the question, do I want kids? 
or should I have kids? So we watched this segment. It's about 22 minute long video, I think. So we'll link it if you guys want to watch it too. We watched it separately and we haven't talked about it together yet. So that is what we're doing today. I'm excited. Me too. We've had discussions. This has been an ongoing conversation with us because of that biological clock that's ticking. Yeah. And this was a video you and me had both talked about watching. We've sent each other like TikTok clips from it. I follow Cleo on social media and then this was on YouTube and I would say I wanted to watch it and then I really do recommend if anybody else has thought about this or is interested after we talk about it highly recommend watching it I felt like it was a really well-rounded conversation and kind of hit a lot of the points that I think about in a way it like had some answers which Mm -hmm. my takeaway was kind of positive with that that it was like the data shows like certain things and points in certain directions and that gave me a little bit of comfort so I guess should we start with the name it's do I want to have kids so starting off how'd you walk into uh watching this well I guess not like a trigger warning but a warning for anyone listening to this you know I mean definitely some real obviously some real talk here real life decisions but if you have any sort of sensitivity to hearing talk about like miscarriages or just being a mother in general or having kids you know maybe sit this one out just so we're considerate of that but if you do want to listen and have thought about this on your own then stick around with us (laughs) So do I want to have kids? I go through so many phases and it's been ongoing since I was like 25, I would say. Like before 25, I would always say like I didn't want kids. I honestly thought I was going to like live the Carrie Bradshaw life and not get married till I was like 40. So like I didn't even think about kids. I was already always like just pretty career driven since I was little. Like I always liked kids. I would babysit and stuff. But then once I turned 25, Justin and I were together at that point for two years. I guess my hormones started to change is what I attribute (laughs) it to. But I started to feel differently and I was like, maybe I do want kids. And then since then, it's been back and forth, back and forth on where I'm landing. And I go through some periods of time where I know that I I feel like I know that I want to have kids. And then now I'm going through this phase where I'm questioning that again, which is sometimes scary because it's like, you know, maybe nine months ago, I felt like I knew that I wanted them. And now I'm back here nine months later feeling like I don't. a little unsure. Um, What about you? I think that... I always was like, oh, I'll have kids. But there's a a, a line in the video where they say like the desire to have kids versus the expectation to have kids. I do think for me, for whatever reason, the expectation to have kids was always there. It just seemed like, you know, you grow up, you get married, you have kids. Like that's what happens. And I think that I leaned on that or just kind of expected it to go that way. And then for me, when I got to like my mid 20s, it was really like, well, when will I have the desire? Now that I'm old enough and like essentially this could happen and if it did happen I would make it work when will my desire to actually follow up on this or actually make it happen come up I'm 27 a lot of people have already had kids by now I mean maybe not a lot but like statistically people are having babies (laughs) um yeah and so it's like when you want to do it you'll do it when do you want to do it Mm -hmm. and that question is a little bit harder for me to answer and I'm like "Mm." 
I don't know because for me it very much is I like the way things are now but also knowing that there is like a biological element which they talk about in the video and I liked the way they talked about it this is kind of a time sensitive decision and like we're in game time right like as much as technology is getting better and medicine is getting better this is one of those things where it cannot really be manipulated I mean there's IVF you know they mentioned in the video being very expensive and not obtainable or covered by insurance at this time you know there are certain situations where it sounds like Mm -hmm. it can be covered by your insurance but for the majority that's not the case that biological clock is a real thing I just looked up the average age of first-time mothers. It's 26. I was gonna say, I feel like I'm in it, but like kind of have passed it. Majority of people, if they're gonna have a kid, have already had one by the time they're like entering 30. And I know I'm not. I'm like always away. A pregnancy lasts nine months, you know what I mean? By the time it happens, I would likely be there. Right. Well, I'll be 29 this year and I'll be married Mm -hmm. by that point too, that I turned 29. And my mom had me when she was 30. Okay. Her mom had her when she was 30. So it's like I'm 60 years apart, you know, from my grandma, 30 years apart from my mom. And so I think that because of that number, (laughs) it's been stuck in my head. It's like, well, if I'm going to have a baby, I should probably do it at 30. 30 and flirty and thriving. Which means three months after my 29th birthday. Well, I guess I have my whole year of being 30, but that means when I have to start considering it, which would be January yeah. of next year. And yeah. that just feels way too soon. Well, and it also feels crazy to plan out for it that far in a way too. Mm-hmm. It feels so soon, but it also feels weird. Let you now plan for January, Taylor, in like a weird way. Like so much could happen between that time. Right. That's where I go. How can I nail this down? Yeah. You know, I don't think I can. I wrote down too that expectation versus desire. I've gotten that desire a few times, but it's faded. Do I act on it? When when am I going to know that I should act on it versus just wait it out? (laughs) Cleo in the video talks to a few different people. Some of them are like names we've heard of before, fellow journalists, but she's in a conversation and talking about how the ability to control female reproduction is really only like 60 years old. Birth control and the idea of the majority of women being on birth control is something that we're kind of the first generation to be navigating. When I was first thinking about watching the video, I was like, well, women could have like always kind of decided not to have kids. But before the invention of birth control, the decision to not have kids was like a lot more difficult. There was like a lot more strategy and planning going into it Mm -hmm. and now there's a technology it's medicine but still the advances in medicine allow us to decide whether or not we'd want to have a baby Mm -hmm. And that feels weird, too, to think that the idea of reproducing (laughs) is so biological, Mm -hmm. but the idea of choosing not to is so recent. Right. And I also think they were ostracized more in society, women that didn't have children, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they also were single women. So it's kind of that old Mm -hmm. hag sort of stereotype, you know? She's, like, living (laughs) in a cottage in the woods by herself. and But women's careers are relatively new, too. So, like, these women couldn't necessarily go out and have full-on careers and also be childless. There just wasn't that opportunity for them. And so I think about that, too. 
feel a lot of responsibility sometimes to like carry that torch further and to open up mm-hmm. more freedom for women of the future even though it feels sometimes we've come so far it's still so relatively new and it's our freedom is being challenged every single day in this country i mean look what's happening in texas and Mm -hmm. you know other states too right now you know makes me nervous that sometimes having kids my attention is going to go to raising those children Mm -hmm. does that mean i don't have the time to put into the effort to carrying that torch further I think about that too, and in a slightly different way, to your point of women's careers, women's like financial independence, knowing that like a woman could only have her own bank account in the 1970s, there's a really interesting infograph and information in the video about the salary change and how a woman's salary and her income goes down significantly the year of having a baby and that it takes nearly nine years for her to get back to her male counterpart in income because that like year setback of, oh, that's right, it took nine years for her to get back to the baseline. So you fall when you have the baby because of all the time off. Well, I think was it within, Mm -hmm. oh, well, now I'm worried. I thought it was with, it took nine years for her to get back to the baseline. Mm -hmm. I wrote this down. So they started people at zero. You know, mom and dad at zero. This is assuming a heterosexual couple because there's not a lot of data on LGBT Mm -hmm. couples. And so, yeah, Yeah. it took nine years for a woman to get back to her baseline. Meanwhile, those nine years, the man in the relationship keeps climbing under the age of 25 and over if the woman's under the age of 25 or over the age of 35 when she has birth they will eventually catch back up in their salaries to where the man's at but if you have a child between the ages of 25 and 35 you will never catch up and will always be making less relatively to what your salary was when you first had the child and the reason for that is is because you're like early on enough in your career that those are the points when you're taking big strides and to be taken out of the workforce or to have your hours significantly lowered where according to the company you're maybe not contributing the same it just Mm -hmm. is like you're not set up for success and with that to your point of like carrying the torch it just makes me think like there are a lot of situations for women when like you lose your income it Mm -hmm. could become like very you know just it could be a a slippery slope when you're dependent on a partner like money has a lot to do with that it would be hard to know that you would lose an income for a period of time or would make significantly less money for the rest of your career because you had to step down and take care of a kid for several years right I mean that's one of the one of the risks I guess we take on as women I think we're even seeing that with Kim Kardashian right now no amount of money you have can save you from ending up with an abusive partner I mean she's being Mm -hmm. publicly harassed in so many ways right now and Mm -hmm. to imagine being in a situation where you make insanely less money than that then have to Mm -hmm. take care of a child where you can't work full-time while you're taking care of a child unless you're paying for child care Mm -hmm. to be trapped like that the thought of that is terrifying obviously you can screen your partner but people change as time goes on people don't change and they change at the same time you know they change in other ways you know everything's a risk because you know the partner you're with today especially going through a change so significant as having children and being bringing children into your relationship it can change a lot of things and then beyond that the fear of losing a child in a relationship so many couples who have lost a child together do not come out of that together 
they yeah it's a traumatic thing yeah and you know to add something else into the equation even adding a dog added stress to my relationship (laughs) dude dude (laughs) so true right it's interesting too this idea that you're happier as a parent And I never really thought of it that way. Even I was very like anti bringing a dog into our relationship because I was like, that's a whole other thing to factor in. Like this is going to be a huge energy suck. Like it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of energy to take care of something else. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about that with a dog and I think about it obviously a million times more. I think there's like a quote in the video where someone says, whatever you think it's going to be like to have a kid, imagine it like times 95 and your life changes that much. Yeah. She said, basically throw a bomb on your life and it changes like it is hard if you go into it with the expectation of having this baby is only going to bring positive things I'm only going to walk away from it happier that's a lot of stress to put on your relationship and to put on yourself and a partner Mm -hmm. I think I first like heard about this with travel where you build so much anticipation into certain things like sightseeing you think you know seeing the eiffel tower is going to be an insane moment right like in your head you're romanticizing it (laughs) so much and like building it up and then you get there and yeah it's cool but it looks like the photo and you're not feeling those movie style feelings you think you would have in that moment you know have you heard of the paris syndrome Mm-mm. There's like this syndrome that is about Paris that it's like people go there expecting it to be like the city of lights, the city of love for it to be so intoxicating for it to be, mm-hmm. you know, a romantic comedy, like very elevated. Mm-hmm. And it's not and it has trash all over the street and people pee all over the place (laughs) the city smells like piss and for Japanese people it's built up so much in their culture Mm -hmm. that there's actually like a a hotline it's been known to trigger panic attacks like suicidal thoughts these people have so much invested in it wow that when they go it leads to depression wow think of like Las Vegas when you see Las Vegas in movies it's like totally so glamorized and if you've been to Las Vegas that is not the case maybe if you're in the super rich parts of Las Vegas glamour is not the word I would use for most of Las Vegas at all poor Vegas yeah poor Vegas I'm sorry and if you want to go there to see the Eiffel Tower and save some money I guess I was pretty impressed with Eiffel Tower in Vegas pretty cool honestly you know yeah Vienna's there you can save a lot of money Yeah. You know, so I think about that a lot because I think that even happens in moments in my life. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. moments that as a woman you've been thinking about since you were a child, romanticizing getting engaged and on your wedding day and, Mm -hmm. you know, having kids is up there, buying a house, which is very exciting. But sometimes our expectation for moments like this exceeds how we feel in the moment and then we feel disappointed Mm -hmm. instead of enjoying Mm -hmm. the moment for what it is and I think about that a lot with having kids you know in the video they went into does being a parent make you happier and you know of course you ask any parent if their kids make them happy and the answer I guess at different moments it could change but the answer is yes you know like (laughs) if people tell you yes their kids make them very happy the experience of being a parent is positive yeah yeah But studies show that being a parent in the U.S., you're less happy than non-parents, and there's a happiness gap. 
And there are yeah. some countries. Oh, I took a screenshot of it. Uh, the U.S. has the largest happiness gap, where non-parents mm-hmm. are negative twelve percent in happiness than non-parents. And then Ireland is also pretty high. You know, Belgium, it's pretty even. But I think it was Poland actually, where people are happier. Yeah. As parents than non-parents. They did say, though, that for some of the countries where people were, like, dramatically happier than non-parents is it was countries that had higher rates of infertility. So that usually it was people who were really committed to, like, wanting to have kids and had put a lot of time and energy into having kids, which obviously that would kind of change some factors. Your desire is very strong, then, to have children. Yes, yes. You had a high desire to start. One thing I thought was interesting with some of the data they were showing, a lot of the countries that were like culturally similar to the U.S. had fairly similar outcomes. So like the Mm -hmm. U.K., Ireland, Canada, and Australia, as well as the U.S., all were in the list of countries who had a happiness gap negative of parents to non-parents. So U.S., Canada, Australia, U.K., they all were countries where parents technically were less happy than non-parents, and they were all countries that had very high rates of child care, that a large portion of people's income, I think it might have been specifically women's income, goes directly to child care. And that seems like a cultural thing to me because a Mm -hmm. lot of times in my mind, I compare the US to the UK and Canada and to be like, damn, they have the same problem was a bit of a bummer to me. In the child care, they did a really interesting visual graph of a woman's income goes to child care in those countries that you just mentioned. But it was interesting in Germany, they just like pulled out one coin and I actually follow this mom that lives in Germany on TikTok and she's American so she does a lot of comparison to the US and Germany and she showed her bill for childcare for one of her children the other day and it was for the entire year mm-hmm. and it was $1,800 for the whole year Oh, wow. So For the whole year. Yeah, 18 divided I'm by 12. I'm going to do the math really quick. So it's about 150 bucks a month. I don't even think you could get childcare for 150 bucks a week in the United no. States. Parents on average in the U.S. probably spend more than $30 a week on food for their kid at school. Like, I think my lunch right. at school was like $3 a day. So Yeah, I mean, I work with people that are paying $800 a month for childcare for one child, Oof. which is $96 hundred dollars a year so that's almost wow that's i mean not 10 10 grand that's like five times what you know they're paying in germany (laughs) and hers was also prorated for her salary so if you make more money they'll charge you like an adjustment fee but if you make less money you pay Mm -hmm. even less than that eighteen hundred dollars a year wow yeah and it, it seems like the people in charge are concerned about the declining birth rate in america but are not providing any resources to incentivize women to have children. Yeah, and that there are like incentive programs in other areas. Other countries very much want moms to know that taking care of the baby once it's here isn't a thing to worry about. Like what Mm. a freaking concept to know that have a baby and at least, you know, decent childcare will be provided. 
outro to part one. The conversation of when to have kids, the thoughts, feelings, emotions behind having kids, desires, expectations. It's a lot and I don't think we'll be able to fit it into one episode. So we'll pause it for here and we're excited to pick up next week. Maybe between now and next week, check out Cleo Abrams' video. Pause here, watch the video, and we'll check in later. Thanks for listening, Bestie. You can follow us here on Spotify and Instagram. Join our email list too to make sure you never miss an episode and stay in the loop on all the cool stuff we're doing. We do this all for you and just so little for us. So thank you so much for being part of our community in the chaos. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye, Jacqueline. Bye, Taylor.